0: Thank you for listening to this recording of Family Bible Church's Sunday morning message. We pray that God will use this word to bless and encourage you. Welcome. We have been working on studying the book of Proverbs now since the last Sunday. I keep saying the beginning of June, but it was technically the last Sunday of May that we actually begin. And so um, when we're finished, Lord willing, with this in two weeks from now. It'll be 30 messages. So this is 28 um, as we come into this. And um, we have considered a lot of topics as we've come through this. And we are currently in the pearls of wisdom. And last week began looking at our communication. So I told you last week as we kind of went into that, we're dealing with contentions, but I realized that it was coming into the bigger concept of our communications. And so we considered... Um, the, the concept of contentiousness, if you would. Or, more importantly, what do we do about that? How do we work against being contentious individuals? Um, and so, today, we're going to kind of make that transition into then seeking to be edificational rather than contentious, if you would, or destructive. Okay, And clearly, there are going to be even more verses that we're not even going to look at. There's going to be a lot of verses that we're going to be looking at today. And just as Justin and I were talking this morning, Justin said, oh, what about? And I was like, well, that's not in it, but you can add another one. There are just so many. So two weeks from now, Lord willing, we're going to be talking about the perpetuity of wisdom. And so, yes, perpetuity. And so, but the idea is that, as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, that are writing a books, there is no... And John said... If everything that was written about Jesus would be written down, the, this, you know, the books couldn't contain it. And so we would never stop studying the book of Proverbs if we continued to continue to work on it, because there's so much that is here for us to look at. So today we want to look at this concept of edification. I want to begin with um, Proverbs 18, verse 4, though, which states that a wor- words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. The idea is that, as um, Charles um, not Sheldon Dickens, Charles Dickens, a Tale of Two Cities um, he is going into the city, he's going along with his mill route, and he's going into the city, and as he's going into the city, he sees a bunch of lights. It's foggy, but he sees a bunch of little lights. And he realized that every single one of those lights represents a candle and every one of those candles represents a window and every one of those windows represents a person and every one of those persons represents a soul and every one of those souls represents a mystery. I stopped reading at that moment. I, it was just too much for me. I just really, It took such a long time for me just to digest that. I went back and I finished it later. But just that concept that as I look out, I see a lot of mysteries. There's a whole lot of thoughts going on in your mind. There's a whole lot of baggage that's being hidden in the closets and, and everything else. You've got a lot of your past. So you think differently. And so like Ryan was sharing about how you got the MKs coming from different parts of the and they're considered third culture kids and they're coming all together and so they're they're learning. They they probably can figure each other out themselves are better and we can almost figure ourselves out but we all come together with this thing but we each as we speak are really pumping a well that comes from our past and so you've seen the old school pumps you know like when you go to the state parks you sometimes you got to pump real hard to get something to come out sometimes you pump once and it's like that's kind of like people, isn't it? Sometimes you got to pump a lot to get just a little bit out. You know, and you're thinking, "Wow, maybe it's a dry well." It's not really dry. You just got to work at getting it out. But for others, you just kind of touch the pump, and what? You got more than you wanted. You know, you're wet all over, and you're like, "Whoa, this is just not so good." You know. But the wellspring of wisdom is a, a flowing, brook, and the word "flowing" is the word "nuv" or "navah." to gush or bring out greatly. So neuv is to, to, to flow, but neva then is to do it a lot. And so if you take the time to get to know somebody, this is kind of a free little kind of intro. If you, and this is where, as an introvert, this is very hard for me. I have to work at this, because I, you know, I like being by myself. Okay? But to ask questions and to try to start priming the pump in order to get to know somebody. And sometimes, you don't necessarily want to know what comes spewing out. But it's important to know it. It's important how you have been brought up. But I've got to be careful, though, then, individually, myself, how I let the water spew out. So, we're told in Luke chapter 6, this is Jesus speaking, He says, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what? Good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So, similarly then, in the deep wells of my life, there's good, and there's what? There's evil. If... I am filling myself with poison and bad tasting water. If that which is flowing into my well is Aki stuff, then when you prime my pump, what you're going to get? Aki water, poisonous water, stuff that could potentially kill you. But if coming into my well, is good water, fresh water, sweet tasting water, water that brings life. then when you prime my pump, what begins to come out yeah, it's kind of like that sponge you, sponge, yeah, you know what a sponge is baby like in the in the in the kitchen, you have it like you know and, and you stick it into water and you put it out and you go like this, and what comes out the water, right, so whatever I dip it into. When I squeeze it, I paid her to do act that way, so I could give the whole illustration. (laughs) And so, that I could squeeze it. So, yeah, so if I put it into soapy water, when I squeeze it out, I get soapy water. If I put it into poison and I squeeze it, I get poison. That's exactly right. Good job, Ben. That's exactly right. And so, my life is that way. Whatever I put into my life, when I'm my pump is primed, or when my sponge is squeezed, whether I like it or not, it's going to come out. So when my rudeness comes out at times, I can't blame it on Satan. The devil didn't make me do it, honey. The reality is, I put it in, and that's why it came out. If Christ comes out, give the glory to God, but the reality is, it's also because I was true at putting what? God's word into me. You want to be ready to give an account, to give an answer for, for the hope that's within you whenever you're asked? Then what should you be doing? Reading God's word, studying it, taking time to memorize it, to meditate upon it, so that when someone wants to know something, you're ready to give an answer. The Holy Spirit will help you. But there's that part where I'm supposed to play as well. In James chapter 3, verses 8 to 11, I could read all of James chapter 3 and then even into 4, but I'm not. We're just going to look at a couple verses here just as a preliminary. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Hmm. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in a similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? And the answer is... No. I mean, once you prime that pump and you get the water coming out, if it's not so good, you're going to do what? Go find a new well. You're going to find a new pump. That's exactly right. You're not going to sit there and go, well, maybe if I keep doing this long enough, I'm going to what? Get good water. That's exactly right. It's not going to happen that way. So, what do I do? How do I play this one out? Well, first of all, Proverbs talks a lot about knowing what to say we read it first of all in colossians chapter 4 verse 6 let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one so how can you know we're going to come into proverbs in a moment here how can you know how you ought to answer let's use the bible so let your speech be salted with with grace What's grace? Giving them something good that they don't deserve. In this context, what is grace? Kind words. Kind words, okay. What do you base it on? The grace of God. You got something that you didn't deserve. If you got what you deserved, it'd be a whole lot worse, wouldn't it? And so who am I than to treat somebody else with disdain when my God treated me with grace? So let your words, let your speech always be with grace in order that you may know how you ought to answer. That's discernment, which we're going to see here then in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 10 Verse 31 and 32 tells us that the mouth of the righteous brings forth, gushes forth, sends forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is pleasurable, what's delightful, what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. Again, how do you know what to say? Well, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. So how do you know discernment? How will you know what to say? Say again? By knowing God's word. Because again, we talked about this about a month ago, a month and a half ago, when we talked about the righteous, right? What is righteousness? That which is right according to god the standards of god that's exactly right so if i'm if i'm to speak with righteousness if i am to act with righteousness then i need to understand the righteousness of of god And once I am seeking that... Now, this is the key here, okay? I mean, this is the Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 thing. You know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable act of worship, and that you not be conformed to the world, but rather be transformed in the renewing of your mind, that you might be able to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That if I live that kind of life, if I am setting myself apart and I'm reading his word and I'm memorizing his word and I'm meditating upon his truth and I'm having fellowship with him, then ultimately I'm going to have a desire for the things that are right, righteous from his point of view, not my point of view. And it's going to be that which then begins to flow through my mouth. And I'll just know the right thing to say, not because of my own goodness, but because of the grace of God that's working through me, seasoning my my speech with his salt of his word so discernment secondly then discipline well what do you mean by discipline well again this goes in with what i was talking about you know like we were talking about faith and works right show me your faith without your works i'll show you my faith by my works well discernment again as i've been hinting at doesn't come in and of itself god will god can speak through you right he spoke through a donkey right I mean, Balaam was walking along the way, and God all of a sudden starts speaking to Balaam through a donkey. So if God really wants to speak through a fill-in-the-blank, as I am, he could do that, right? But he doesn't necessarily do that all the time. He works through the Holy Spirit, bringing back up, Jesus said the purpose of the Holy Spirit was to remind us, to lead us into all truth, and to remind us of his teachings. So there's a part where that means that I need to be seeking truth, and I need to be reading in his word so it can be brought back to me. Okay. So Proverbs 15, verse 28 then says, the heart of the righteous does what? Studies. Studies how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. Okay? Again, the word poured forth. And, and I don't mean this as rude. I, I really don't mean this as rude. Okay? But I'm just going to sh- be straight out with this. Okay? I hate being in, quote-unquote, Bible studies. Okay? Where people are pulling together their opinions. ignorance because they haven't studied to know how to answer and so as the time comes where we're going to do this now all of a sudden it's a matter of well i just kind of this is how i feel this is what i think i don't care what you think i really don't care I, i don't care how you feel what i really care about now i do care get what i'm saying but what i really care about is what god says and so how do you know in the end, how to answer? Well, it's going to take you time to study, to invest time into reading and studying the word of God. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Be diligent, or study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you hired me years ago with the home improvement business to come build a deck and I showed up without a level, yeah, <laughs> you gotta fire me right away. As Matt says, I calibrate my eye every morning, right? Didn't need, a, didn't need a level. No, he brought a level. <laughs> okay? Matt was pretty good about seeing if something was really off, okay? However, the reality is, you still want a what? You still want a level, yes? yes sir okay you don't want to hire somebody so i'm looking at these guys because i know that this is the kind of work they do right you're not gonna hire somebody and have them show up without a level okay and so if they show up to build something like that without a level you need to fire them because they're not a worker who needs not to be ashamed rather they're going to be a worker who needs to be ashamed do you remember the deck we did in grove town um oh the guy said he was he was going to have the guy was going to build it, and he was just going to start it out here, and he was going to match it, because it really didn't matter. You didn't need to put a level on it, didn't need to put a square on it. You may not remember that. Anyways, but I was like, I can't believe that. I mean, it was just nuts. I mean, how do you do that? Well, it didn't matter. You just look at it. It looks good. It's like, wow, in the end, you're not going to want to stand on that deck. You know, it's just... Anyways, so bring that into our Christian walk. We act like that. We act like we can build a deck of our life. Without worrying about a square, without worrying about a level, without worrying about I'm going to use a drill or a hammer or whatever. Okay? And so, study. Then also, Proverbs 25, verse 11 and 12. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver, like an earring of gold in an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient heir. A what rebuker? Wise rebuker someone who has wisdom and they know a word that is fitly spoken there are a lot of words sometimes that can fit but they're just not what they're, right, they're not right okay ladies think about how you you dress okay women tend to be a little bit more concerned about whether things match or not. Guys can walk around with mismatched patterns and the wife grieve, right? And they, you know, guys it don't you know so it doesn't matter. Look, it was functional. I had a pair of pants on, I had a shirt on. You know, it's good, okay, I'm I'm surviving. And but women are like, ah like Marsha I'm not picking on Marsha's left she's so she's fair game. And um the other day she had two different purples on. She says, Do these clash? And I was like, I'm Croatian, okay? I mean it looks lovely to me, baby. I don't know. You know, I, I don't really care. And, and I, that's exactly what I told her. I said, come on, as many years as we've been married together, you're really, you're asking me, you are asking the wrong standard. Okay. And so it looks great to me. Later on in the day, she wore it. Later on in the day she's thinking, these just don't go together. And I said, I told you wrong person to ask. Fitly spoken. I mean, I'm not the guy at that moment. Clearly when it comes to The standards, yes, I did dress myself this morning, and yes, I feel like pretty good, but if you don't like it, it's oh well, okay? And so this is just a reality, okay? But when it comes to words, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. Is that true? It's not true. Wisdom. A wise rebuker knows what to say, when to say it. Now, that's in the concept of the principles of doing it. But we want to talk about the practice, right? And so the practice, really Proverbs talks about two different subject areas um, in order for us in what we should say. There are words of edification and then words of encouragement. And I don't know how to necessarily, other than just kind of split it out, I almost felt like um, there was a, an older gentleman who's passed on now. His name was E.R. Jordan, Dr. Jordan. He began the, the church where I went to seminary at. And um, he was an old Navy chief. And uh, he used to, here's a tuck like this. And uh, But he, would, he, he wasn't much for outlines. He filled his dump truck up. And this is his own words. I just fill up the dump truck and I come in and I just let it dump. And so, that's kind of how I feel today. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's here, you know. And so, I've got a little bit of an outline, but it's just like, boom, here it is. And so, we start with Ephesians again, okay, As we, before we go into the Proverbs, because I think it, it, it summarizes a little bit of this. In chapter 4, verse 29, let no, how many? None. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for what? Necessary edification that it may impart grace, again, like Colossians, to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I threw verse 30 in there, because I think that's the other side of it. When I begin to use corrupt words, and I begin to tear people down, what does it ultimately do? It grieves the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, but look what it says. Let no corrupt word, but what is good for necessary edification. Now that's important. Again, I want to go back to the, the home remodeling for a moment. Because you hired me to do a bathroom remodel. I love bathroom remodels. I wanted to be in the, the big thing we did at the end. I never thought I could do it. I never thought I, I could build a ceramic towel shower. You know I told the first guy oh, I can't do that and God said yes you can. And and so anyways he taught me how to do it and that's just became the thing we did the most. But if I came into your bathroom to do a remodel for you and I just started building on top of everything that was there. You're laughing. You're snickering. Matt, what do you think about that? Is that a good thing to do? I just walk in and I start building on top of the what's already there? Yeah? You like that? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to get more work later. And so... <laughs> no! No, 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 no. Because the reason you're calling me in to do that is because your bathroom's falling apart. Usually. Some people have enough money that they're doing it just because they want something different. But most people call us in because... The, the the toilet falling through the floor you know the, the you know they're afraid to step in the shower again you know yada, yada 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 so what's the first thing that I have to do necessary at a vacation what's the first thing I have to do to 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 do that bathroom I got to do a demo I have to do a demo but you know what I've learned over the years it's always good to look at what's on the other wall that's on the other side of the bathroom because if they have plaster walls and you're a little hard on the bathroom side, do you know what happens on the other side? The walls crack. And then all of a sudden, the profit that you were making from the job just went away because now you're doing a bedroom remodel because you've got to replace the walls that are there. I mean, who you, you don't care if the guy goes in there and he messes up all your bath, bedroom walls because he was working on your bathroom, right? Or you love it when he comes in and says, oh, man, that's really bad. We'll have to... It'll be about $2,000 in order to fix that. No, I didn't feel like that was right. I wouldn't want somebody to do it, so for me it was a matter of... So I learned that the hard way. Always make sure you know what's on the other side of the walls when you're you're going to tear things down, okay? But it is important in edification when you're building up sometimes to first, what? Take something away. But you better know when it's what? Necessary. Necessary. You don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it, okay? And so, again, that's listening to the, to the voice of the Holy Spirit to know what he wants you to do. So, we get into Proverbs. So, grab your Bibles, because that's the, the, the end of me showing you those verses up there, okay? So, Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10, verse 20 and 21. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. That means it's been what? What's choice silver? If I said choice gold, what is it? Purified. Purified. So I don't want to necessarily get too far off on this one, but I think it's important as we talk about it. How does, how does silver, how is gold purified? It's heated up real hot. So that they can do what? Not necessarily sift it, but they, yeah, they scoop off the the dross, and then what do they do? They cool it off first, and then they heat it up again. And when they heat it up again, they take more off. Okay, so when we're talking about choice silver, choice gold, we're talking about stuff that has been refined. Okay, it's not just I feel this way. This is it's gone through the ringer. It's been tested. Okay, so the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. It's gone through the testings and the siftings, if you would. Okay? The heart of the wicked is worth what? Little. Isn't that something? That's a pretty good analogy, isn't it? The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. So, there hasn't overtaken you anything, any troublesome situation 1 corinthians chapter 10 but such is what common to man but god is faithful in that he will not allow you to be troubled tried tempted beyond what you're able to bear god allows those things into your life in order to purify you james chapter one count it all joy brethren when you fall into divers temptations right because it it brings patience works patience into you so god is doing these things in order then that note again you go to the book of james and you can go from james chapter one and james chapter two which leads into james chapter three that kind of makes sense doesn't it but anyways when we talk about how we're being purified and all that kind of stuff and then finally we get to talk about our tongue okay because the words and the lips of the righteous are to be able to what feed to nurture Raah is like to shepherd like to, to to give the flock food peter had an opportunity to talk to jesus after he had denied him three times. Do you think that was a pleasurable meeting for Peter? In the end, maybe. It wasn't the beginning, I'm sure. He was excited about it, got out of the boat and, and, and swam to the shore, right? But then he goes walking with Jesus, and Jesus says what? Peter, do you love me? Now, he says phileo in the Greek, okay, and says, do you love me like a... or actually, he says like a pao, do you selflessly love me? and and peter says lord i love you phileo i only love you like a friend jesus says feed my sheep second time jesus says peter do you agapa me peter says lord i phileo you he says feed my lamb the third time jesus says peter do you phileo me That's when it says, Peter then says, Oh, Lord, you know all things. You know I only follow you. In other words, I didn't selflessly love you. I denied you. How can I ever tell you I selflessly love you? I denied you. Three times. And here you are asking me. Three times. But the third time, Jesus again says what? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Peter learned an awful lot through his failures. And through the grace that was given to him that could season his mouth with salt, that he might know how he ought to give in answer to others as well. The words, the tongue, of the righteous is choice silver. It's gone through it. Proverbs 13, verse 14. The Torah, law, teachings, of the wise is a fountain of what? Life. To turn one away from the snares of death. So get rid of the word law for a second there because it's literally the word Torah. And so it really means teachings. So the teachings, if you would, of the wise are fountains of life so when you then instruct others are you leading them toward life or leading them toward destruction proverbs 16 verse 23 and 24 the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips literally it would be the heart of the wise causes his mouth to be circumspect isn't that kind of something because out of the treasures of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you're putting Jesus continually in his word into your heart, then it's going to be your heart that is deceptive above all things, right? But if you're filling it with Jesus, then your heart becomes what? Pure and right. And it then teaches your mouth how to speak because it's from your heart the mouth's going to speak. Verse 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. And it's that word health to the bones that makes us have our transition now to this next side, and that is... I put to encourage. But literally, it's to bring courage into somebody rather than anxiousness. It's to bring them health. Not health and wealth, but to bring health rather than anxiety. So, we read in Proverbs 15, verse 1 and 2, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Now, that word, to use it um, to 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 use it rightly, literally could mean to be uses knowledge cheerfully is really how it would be. And so, if you're still in Proverbs 15, you could look down to verse 13. It says, "A merry heart makes a cheerful that's the rightly word that's yatav countenance, but a sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken." In Proverbs seventeen twenty two it says a merry heart does good or cheerfully like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And so the idea is that to using your your words to bring cheerfulness to people, not tearing them down. Okay? Um, Proverbs twelve, verse eighteen is, is our next one that's there. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Yeah, building people up, encouraging them, putting courage into them. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Anxiety in the heart causes depression, but a good tov, a good word, makes it glad, okay, or again, happy, or merry, okay. Proverbs 15, verse 4. A wholesome or healthy tongue, okay, is a tree of life, but perverseness, in it breaks the spirit. So, When I use my words, when I use my mouth, when I use my tongue, I have the choice, like we saw in James chapter 3, to pour forth life or to pour forth poison or death. I want my words to bring health, to bring life. And in Proverbs 15, verse 7, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the the, the heart of the fool does not do so. I chose that along in here because I loved the word, disperse it when i read it first i mean it could mean sow seeds and that kind of stuff but when i read it first in the context of everything else i'm reading here i thought of a pharmacist dispensing or dispersing and so when you go to the 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 pharmacist why do you go there why do you go to that pharmaceutical counter to get what a dispenser of what Meds, OK, dispenser of meds. Because I'm sick and I need something to bring me back to a proper health. Does it make sense? Now, what if he gave me the wrong stuff? Things could get worse. Things could get what? Really, really worse. I mean, chemo, we give chemo to people who are cancer patients, yes. Is chemo good? Like, why don't we just take it all the time? That way we don't have to worry about having cancer, right? No. It's what? It's poison. And the only reason we're doing it is because we're trying to eradicate something that's worse. Okay? So I've got to be careful as I'm dispensing. Okay? And so the lips of the wise disperse or dispense knowledge. And then finally, real quickly, knowing what not to say. I'm going to read these um, because the other side plays out as well, right? Proverbs 10, verses 11 to 14. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool is near destruction verse 19 of proverbs 10 in the mouth of, in the multitude of words sin is not lacking but he who restrains his lips is wise proverbs 11 verse 13 a talebearer reveals secrets but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter proverbs 17 verse 9 he who covers a transgression seeks love but he who repeats a matter separates friends you don't always have to comment on on something and you don't always this is the hardest part look as a pastor, this is probably one of the hardest part because people want to come to me to pray for people. Sometimes our prayer requests can be gossip. Does the other person really have a need to know about what's going on? Can I not just say pray for Justin? I don't mean anything about that, okay can, why? I'd rather not talk about that right now. I'd just rather encourage you right now to pray for Justin. But that's even hard, isn't it? Because at that moment, what do they just do to you? Make you wonder what's going on with Justin, huh? And so now it can even be worse. And so we've got to be careful, okay, that, that the reality is that true love doesn't want to harm another person. The necessary edification comes back in, right? There are times when I might have to, but true love doesn't want to harm true love wants to edify and to build up encourage other people okay so there are times when you need to know not to know what not to say yeah um i think there was a song in my mind just blanking out it was even um it was a secular song say nothing at all um Yeah, okay. Yeah, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Yeah, so and so the idea is that, look, sometimes it's better to say nothing. So, in the end, I got some pretty hard questions. Are your words primarily edifying or destructive? Do you tend to build people up or tear them down? I've struggled with that even with my messages. I don't want my messages to be tearing people down, and yet I want them to be truthful. There's, there's both those sides, but I know that my personality type can tend toward the negative side, and I've got to be checking myself on that all the time. Are your words normally medicinal or poisonous? Does being in your company promote strength and courage or anxiousness? I really want you to 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 struggle with that and to think about it. I mean, I have. So this is an all play, right? So since I've struggled with this, I want somebody else to struggle with me. But this is a fact. I, I, when, man, you know, now that we're taping these things and are getting on the internet and I know people are watching or listening and that kind of stuff, and I'm just, man, James 3, 1, be not many masters, such of the greater what? Condemnation, and it's for real. I get it, okay? And so, just understand that. You're going to give an account for everything you say. And there's an effect for what you, what you, what you, state, what you talk about. Remember the biblical principle of consequences. That with which you spend your time soaking yourself will be what comes out when you open your mouth. That's the sponge, right? Alessandra, that's the sponge, right? Whenever I put it in, it's going to soak it up, and I'm going to squeeze it, and it's going to come out, huh? So, if you're filling yourself with the world, Don't be surprised when the world comes back out. Are you willing to take the time to increase your intake, then, of God's word? If whatever's in there is going to come out, are you willing? Because that's really where this is all going to boil down to, right? If you want to be a vessel of health to others, it's going to take you a lot of time. Okay? And I... Again, I don't mean this pridefully. I, I really don't mean this pridefully. But a lot of my understanding and knowing of the Word of God doesn't come because I'm studying for messages. It honestly comes from my quiet time. Okay? And so, I think, Donald, I think it was you the one time talk about preaching from my quiet time, and I said, I don't preach. My, my quiet time's my time. I never use my quiet time for studying for messages. Don't do it. It's it's, that's my time with the lord that's for him to work with me it has nothing to do with these messages but donald you told i don't know if you remember this it's you it's kind of cool, he says but honestly you still do want to preach it from your quiet time and that's a true statement because that is my walk with the lord and the reality is my walk with the lord is going to go with me everywhere i i go and so I'm just encouraging you. I mean, I don't want to be Paul and be followers of me even as I also am Christ because, I mean, there's so much I don't want you to follow. But if there's one thing I can get people to do and I do it with marital counseling and I think I've shared this, it's quiet time. If I can get people to spend a half an hour to an hour in God's word every day interacting, what does it say? How does it apply to my life? What's my prayer response to God? I'm telling you, it's going to transform your life. You spend so much time being soaked up with the world. You have got to be counteractive in spending time in God's Word, even if it means, yes, I get it. When I go hunting, I don't go hunting much more. Uh, but but if I'm leaving at 5 o'clock, and I know I means at 4.30, I'm starting to get ready, that means i got to get up at 3.30, 3 3.00 o'clock, in order for me to have time in God's Word. That's why I don't go hunting much anymore. Anyways, so... <laughs> But the, but there was a reality. I started to justify myself. I could do my quiet time while I'm standing up in a tree, sitting up a tree, you know? But I started saying to myself, no, because something may happen in the middle time and then I don't have my quiet time. My quiet time is that important. I know from my life personally how my life was destroyed when I got out of his word. If you want to speak words of life, you need to be reading the words of life. Is there then a need to change the way you think and therefore change the way You act. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness to us. We know that your words are true and that your words bring life and that you desire for us to choose life and not death, to choose life that we may live and that we might be able to share those words of life even with the next generation and generation following, that they might have the words of life. But I know that comes with the commitment, Lord, that the righteous studies how to answer. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to be still and to know that you are God. To seek your face, to know what words we ought to speak. But then, Lord, being faithful as well to being prepared ahead of time that those words might be brought back to us. That you might use us as vessels of honor, of vessels of edification, encouraging one another to love and good works. That the world may know that you are God and that you love them. We ask this in Christ's name, amen. Justin.